0: all right well hey last week uh uh, thank you for your patience and and uh last week we retreated if you remember uh i was gone and and eric was gone and matthew was gone and our families were with us and we have done it every once in a while where we have just retreated this is the first time we did it over a sunday we had that opportunity to spend some time together and uh I, I would say building relationships, but we, we built relationships. We, I guess we're continuing to build relationships. It was, it was not that we studied, okay, and that we prayed the whole time. We really enjoyed each other. Now now you could be angry about what we did. But anyway, we really enjoyed each other and, and enjoyed each other's families, and our wives had the opportunity to enjoy each other. We took Lindsay along, although she's not a paid staff person she's worked with our youth for so long it wasn't my idea but the guy said we need to include her and so she's been a part of that as well and so thank you again i appreciate brian for stepping up and leading worship we also had caleb who preached Uh, i understand we had some technical difficulties and we weren't able to to broadcast it so if you're listening today that's why we weren't on last week and then it wasn't even recorded but matthew uh grabbed Caleb this week and recorded his message. So if you don't want to hear uh, and missed out on, on the message last week, Caleb from MCC, I had the opportunity to, to preach, and it was 12 minutes, okay? And so, I, so many of you just asked, when's Caleb going to preach again? When's Caleb? No. <laughs> Ronnie, you're too long. No, I, I think the older you get, the the more you have to say. I would like to say the more you have to say is just windier, right? No, I, I really believe that that when we have the opportunity to open the scripture, there's something that says that to say, right? Uh, when the Bible stays closed, I will try not to be windy at all. Uh, you know, it just it, that's the way. We want God's word to speak and give us direction this morning. Always. Uh, speaking of of God's word and speaking. Uh, I, I've already talked about how Linda has the signs all over the house, you know, to tell you to be happy for the day and things like that. Um, but there are those scripture signs. Uh, do, you, do you have one of those? You know, maybe a, it's a verse that, that's uh, on your wall. Um, Linda has signs, and I, I walked through yesterday to see if she had any scripture signs. She does. That one's screwed into the wall or I would have brought it. Um, but, but some of them I found out are from Dr. Seuss uh, you know, and different sayings from, from, you know, different people. And and so they're good sayings. They're, they're okay. Uh, one of my favorite, if, if I were to put a, a scripture verse on, on the wall, I think it would be that, that message from Joshua, his message of commitment as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And and maybe there's a, there's a a verse that you would want to put on your wall. But, but as I thought about it, and the reason I was thinking about it there, the verse I'm going to look at today, we're going to turn today and put our focus upon, is one that you would find in someone's wall. But before I do that, I got to thinking, you know, there's some, some scripture out there that you would not see posted on your wall as part of decoration. Now, it might be a good idea that that, that great saying from Jesus is, you know, you put it above your door as you're leaving the house, go sin no more, Right? How about go sin no more? Or uh, maybe, maybe the, here's a difficult saying that maybe you, I, I've never seen on anybody's wall, nor do I think I'll ever see this posted. But Jesus said, unless you hate your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even their own life, you cannot be my disciple. Uh, raise your hand if you've got that posted on, on your, anybody. No? Okay. I'm just curious. It's what Jesus said. A lot of explanation goes with that, but but there's also maybe this verse: "If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Jesus. A- any encouragement there? Yes, you know, so, but I want to go out and look and see if you could find one and buy it. You know, put it on your wall. Uh, th- there are just some messages that aren't real positive and encouraging. You would say initially. Uh, the the verse that I was thinking of. Uh, and that I want us to look at today is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and, and and perhaps you're familiar with it. it. It begins with this: it says, "I know the plans I have for you. Can you can you finish it for me? I, I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "the, the plans to pro, uh, prosper you and and not to harm you, uh, plans for you of hope and and a future. Are you familiar with that? Anybody have that on your wall?" And you're, okay, there, there's someone there, okay. Now, the reason this even came to mind, something's happening around right now. I know next week we're going to have observance of our graduation, but uh, I know there, there's even one that, that we're connected to that's having graduate. Maybe someone in your family is graduating high school, uh, college graduations are all going on this time of year. And it was a few years back, I was asked to speak at Baccalaureate. Are you familiar with Baccalaureate? It's, it's that religious service around graduation. It's where uh, we, we do some singing, and someone comes and speaks, and it's to those who, who are believers in God, and they're about to graduate. So what encouragement do you want to give to them? Yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11, Hey, I know the plans I have for you. What a great beginning. I know the plans I have for you. But the rest of that message, I, I, there, there's a problem with declaring that to, to, to a group of graduates. And I already, man, I struggled with it uh, when I did before. But I spoke the truth about it because I think there's great content there. But but those who are asking and, and those who have done it before, there, there's a message. If I just take that verse, what am I saying? Okay, listen, which is a good message. Hey, God has plans for you. That's a truth. But... Does he have plans for you to prosper you and to uh, keep you from harm? Uh, does he have plans for hope in the future? Actually, the problem with that is it wasn't directed to a group of high school kids. <laughs> it wasn't directed. and matter of fact, it's not even directed to you and I. It's not directly spoken to you and I. You putting, see, putting scriptures on walls is, is fine, but do we know the content behind it? I I want to deal with it because I think that message of I have plans for you is a great message. It's something we ought to pursue. God, listen, hey, what message do you have for me? What is it you want to speak to me? And and definitely when we have his scriptures, we have his word before us. And there is a specific message for each of us today. And, And I think even in this verse, is it to prosper us? Oh, please tell us it's to prosper us. Oh, please tell us it's not to bring us harm that message is not for us. (laughs) Oh man, discouragement right off the the beginning. No, actually I believe that this verse has so much more for you and I. And I want to show you as we go through this morning. Basically, I, I think it's important for us to pursue what plans God do you have for us. So that's what we're looking at today. And, and there are some steps, whenever we're looking at Scripture, that I want to unveil as we go through this. For the first step that's really important is that we can't allow our personal desires to derail God's message. We, we can't allow what I, my wants to, to distort or derail God's message for us. Uh, and we, we like to do that. Uh, we want to hear good news and we're, I I think that's just part of who we are. We want to hear good news. We don't want to hear the bad news. Are you with me? I if, if you're going to tell me something, please tell me something good. And when it comes to bad news, we tend to, you know, do that. We we don't want to hear the the bad news. Oliver is a good example of this. Uh, earlier this week on Thursday, we had Lindsay Oliver and Isaiah come and eat lunch with us and. And as we were sitting down for lunch, I had grabbed a, a can of orange soda, and I divided it for the boys, and I put the cups on the counter, the kitchen counter. And I told the boys as I came, I said, hey, uh, after you've eaten half of your lunch, no, actually, the way I put it was like this, hey, I have, I have some orange soda for you, and after you eat your lunch, uh, eat half your lunch, we'll get you your soda. And so we sat down. But what is it that you think Oliver heard? Well, yeah, you know what Oliver heard. What Oliver heard was, I have some orange soda for you. They didn't hear the part about, it, you know. So I was sitting down and started to eat, and I looked over, and Oliver had that cup music and he had this big old smile on his face. So, I, so he didn't hear. He didn't hear the whole story. He just heard, I have orange soda for you. But we do that. We do that. We, we, we tend to listen to messages that are, are nice or good or even encouraging. Uh, Matter of fact, we've taken this verse, and I think one reason—boy, we're going to put it on our wall because it sounds good. But but do we know the details behind it? I mean, listen again. Here's what it says: I I have plans to prosper you. Woohoo! Oh God, prosper me. I I got plans not to harm you. Whoa, that's even better. Don't harm me. You know, I have hope in the future, and I'm thinking, yeah. Especially when you're graduating, what what's the thought? Well, okay, I've got a career. And and I'm going to have a family, and I'm going, to, I'm going to purchase that home, and and boy, we're going to we're going to have life, and we're going to have it to the full. And that's not the message that it's given to us today. That that was a message to somebody else. Israel really had the same problem. If you look in the context around this, surrounding this verse, Israel had the same problem. They just wanted to hear good things. In in uh, verses eight and nine which which uh, comes right before verse 11 uh here's here's what the passage says this is what the lord almighty the god of israel says do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have okay so they want to hear good news so guess what they're doing they're looking for those who are going to say what they want them to hear you hear that uh Especially where it says they uh, they are going to speak the dreams that you encourage them to have. You kind of give them what they want, what they need to say, so you could hear what you want to hear. I want to I, I want to say what you want to hear. Therefore, you come and listen because it's going to be pleasing. And that was that was Israel at the time. He said, "Man, you're listening to these guys." In verse nine. He goes on to say, they are prophesying lies to you in in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. The one he sent is Jeremiah. Guess what Jeremiah's message is? Jeremiah's message that he's been speaking throughout all of of the book of Jeremiah is this. Basically, hey, listen, you're going to be captured. You're you're going to be conquered. uh, Jerusalem is going to be overtaken, and you're going to be taken into captivity. That's been basically Jeremiah's message. And they didn't want to hear that. So they gathered and together, and here's the messages they said that they, they shared, uh, that, that they listened to. Here's the message they were listening to. Jeremiah 23, 17. Here's what the false prophets were saying. First of all, they said, you will have peace. You're not going to have problems. You're going to have peace. Disaster not, will not come upon you. Oh, Okay. We want to listen to you. We choose to listen to you, not Jeremiah. Jeremiah has this thing about, hey, we're going to be conquered. We're we're going to be taken into captivity. In in Jeremiah 29 9, uh, uh, they also said, you will not serve the king of Babylon. Well, that's not what Jeremiah said. On the contrary, what Jeremiah said is, you're going to be taken into captivity. And, And guess what? They were attacked. And and they were taken into captivity as God's servant declared, the tough message. Man, there's tough messages for us to hear. Some of those signs that we don't see posted on our walls are messages messages we need to hear from Jesus. He also said, hey, in this world you will have trouble. Kind of contrary to the message we have in in Jeremiah here um, that we look at. The message from scripture abusers today is really the same. There are abusers of the Scripture that, that basically want to say what you want to hear. Hey, and it's, in some places it's that same message. Hey, you're going to receive prosperity. Woo, you're going to receive prosperity. You follow God, and he's going to make your path straight, and there's going to be sunshine and rainbows on that path. Woo, glory, hallelujah. No harm is going to come to you. Matter of fact, that's what Paul was telling Timothy. 2 Timothy 4.3, maybe you're familiar with this. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Man, there's a temptation to, to make you all happy. <laughs> there is really a temptation to make you all happy, to, to skip over maybe those passages that are difficult. To set that aside and, well, let's talk more about, you know, the things that are good. Like how God is merciful and full of grace. I don't want to talk about the things that, oh, God has some expectations of, oh, loving him and serving him and pursuing him. And even having responsibilities to to his kingdom. And that, oh, listen, there are some things in your life that you ought not to be doing. If you really love God, you shouldn't be involved in some of the things of the world. God didn't promise worldly prosperity. He didn't promise those things. As a matter of fact, he he does have expectations. Even those that he's speaking to, he expected obedience from them. And this this idea that, hey, i got plans for you, my people who are listening to me. Just to move on, how do we know? How do we know what the plans are for us? When people are laying out maybe a verse here and there, the, the encouragement is open his word and get acquainted with it. Open his word a couple couple real simple things that when you open his word and you see a, a verse, learn what the content around that verse says. it is to search for understanding, to have an understanding of what that passage means and begin here, know know who God is addressing. You know, it, it is all about context is what I'm saying. to understand the context. If you see a verse that's written and say, man, that sounds so good, note note where it's found. Look at it. Look at the chapter it's found in. And then start asking some simple questions like, "Who's, who's saying this? In this particular sense, it is God speaking. But who's he talking to? If we understood who is he talking to, maybe we would understand this passage so much clearer. Uh, We would love to think he's talking to us, but he's not. He's talking to, if you look at 29, you you look at the first verse, here's what it says. He said, uh, uh, this is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests and the prophets and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile. So it's those people specifically who are in captivity in Babylon that are receiving this message. I I want you to hear the whole message because we skipped verse 10. We don't hear verse 10 also put on the wall. But here's here's what the scripture says. Or here's what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon. These are the people who were just brought into exile. When 70 years are completed for Babylon. Does that sound... Could you imagine... Just being brought into this foreign place. Babylon, you're in captivity. Okay, here's where I'm going to start. Okay, for 70 years, you're going to be here in Babylon. How many of you would be discouraged? How many of you have 70 years ahead of you? (laughs) let's, Let's be honest. Now, amongst the people of Judah, anyone over, say, 20, more than likely is not going to see Jerusalem ever again. And that's what they're hearing. They're, they're hearing the message that, okay, for 70 years you're going to be here. But, but in that process, and, until I, I fulfill my promise and bring you back home, that's the rest of 10. And then guess what follows? This is what he says to those people in captivity who, who now accept that we're going to be here for 70 years. Hey, I know the plans I have for you. Does that make sense now? I know the plans I have for you, I, plans to prosper you. While you're here in captivity, plans to prosper you and to, uh, uh, to, to, to not bring you any harm, that's good to hear when you're in captivity, and to bring you a hope in the future. What do, you lo- what, what, what do you think they lost when they were taken into captivity because of their, their absolute defiance against God? I, I, I would imagine they lost their hope. But when God says, I will bring you hope and a future... That in itself, God's Word speaking that I want to bring you hope and a future and prosperity and, and I'm not going to harm you. His Word establishes a hope for those people who were taken into captivity. His Word spoken brings them hope. Now what about you and I? Because I, I, as I said, I think there's a significant message in here for you and I. Uh, one of those is, man, the faithfulness of God. We know that God is faithful, but it's wonderful to see how God makes promises within his word and fulfills them. He did. He brought them back. We, you look at the books of Ezra and Nehemiah and see how, how through a foreign king, king of Persia, not out of Babylon, but for a guy named Cyrus who begins to send the people back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, to rebuild the wall, God fulfilled his promise. He's faithful to his people. But he's faithful also to his promises, of even well before that. Because what we see taking place here is the preservation of Judah, the people of God. Why was that so important? Think about some other promises that God had made that's gonna be brought through this nation. And if you're thinking Jesus, you're absolutely right. That to bring them back to Jerusalem where they lived, and boy, they were gonna be there for hundreds of years more and then jesus comes into this world are we affected by that is that a message for you and i absolutely we're part of that watching god's faithfulness to his story in order that all of us might have the opportunity to say man we we are in a relationship with god through jesus christ see there's a significance in that passage the, the, the final point, something else you need to grasp when you're looking at maybe one verse, something else to look besides uh, that, that context surrounding, maybe that chapter or maybe chapters or maybe the entire book or even encouragement is this, is, is to look for the big picture, there, there's, there's a thread that we learned some years ago through a book called The Story. Remember that? If you're with us, we actually went through a book called The Story. And it was it was revealing how through Genesis all the way through Revelation, there's a consistent message from God. You know, the, the fall, the sinfulness. But it is God's continued pursuit of humanity. Continued pursuit. The greatest... Uh, evidence of that is the coming of jesus who came to bring us forgiveness and to bring us back into a right relationship he's creating an eternal kingdom jesus came and introduced that kingdom to us it it is that kingdom is it is the church those who have identified with uh, with him are part of that kingdom today and what are we looking forward to its completion it's completion. When Jesus returns and that kingdom fully comes, we're going to be a part of that. That's from his word. And, and, and guess what? This passage in Jeremiah, verse 11, boy, they're missing the boat. If they think, boy, it's just prosperity here in this world. Boy, just that we're not going to be harmed here in this world. If that's what we're looking at, man, we are selling the scripture short. He has so much more planned for us than this world could even give. Even what we can imagine. Do you understand that? There's a reason why we worship. There's a reason why we pursue him. Why we could even look at the scriptures. Now there's a real conflict when we think about the things that Jesus said and what came out of that verse. Hey, one says, oh, we're going to bring prosperity and no harm. But when Jesus came, what did he say? They said, well, if you want to be my disciple, you take up your cross and follow me. Prosperity and no harm take up your cross and follow me. There, there's a real conflict in that, isn't there? Isn't there? There absolutely is. The message for us, the message for us is, is that, hey, take up your cross and follow after Jesus. Does that, what does that cross mean? Well, it means that, yeah, you might have trouble in this world. There's going to be conflict because there are those who are just absolutely going to reject the scriptures. They're, they're going to tell you, you are crazy, and you're out of your mind for believing this old, old, old historical book that, that tells us about a Savior and, and a God, and, but it explains life. And you've embraced and said, man, God is real, God is true, and His Son came, and He's Savior. And you live your life according did that. Hey, listen, you have the opportunity to be kingdom not just kingdom people. I believe we have the opportunity to be kingdom builders. Is that I, One says, hey, we, we have a belonging, and I love that, kingdom people. But also the fact that we could be kingdom builders speaks that God could use me in this world to continue. Uh, upon the foundation which he laid through Jesus' coming, that gospel message that the apostles preached, that it continues to be built upon, and and we continue to identify as being part of that kingdom that someday is going to be completed and we're going to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. That's the the message that's there. So, looking at the big picture uh, is important to know its full content. Here, I, I just want to go through this again. Understanding, pursuing what God has planned for me. It's it's written there in his word. Specifically, even finding that place for for me to serve and and, and become a part of that kingdom is also important. I I want you to listen to this all over again. We cannot allow our desires, our personal wills uh, to derail what God's message is for you. God, uh, the, the first part of that verse is so correct. God has plans for you. You, you came into this world with God having a desire and a plan for you. We're part of his creation, and he has a plan for you. It's, 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 we don't find it here in, in, in this verse, but we find it throughout the Scriptures. And what he did through that verse, through Jesus Christ... We need to learn the content of his scriptures. Asking the simple questions. Well, who's speaking? And who's he speaking to? And and ask other questions to help us understand the context of what we're reading. That's where we're going to find more and more what God has planned for you and I. Seeing the whole story. Seeing the whole story of of how humanity came into this world and its brokenness. And I'm a part of that. But God sent Jesus to redeem and to restore. That's his work. He does good stuff, doesn't he? To redeem, to restore us into that relationship with him. Is that your place? Isn't that your place through Jesus Christ? Restored into that right relationship with God. Ah, oh man, I don't know whether we have graduates here this morning. Uh, we, we have some of those who are, are moving on and, and to the graduates, I think this message I could give to you, even out of this, this passage in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, God has plans for you. God has plans. And, and for those for all of us, the, here's it, God has plans for you, for you to become kingdom people and kingdom builders. Something that is going to be eternal, not temporary but eternal. That's good news. good news. He has plans for you. He has plans for hope and a future. That sounds good, doesn't it? And all that is only realized through I, I think I heard it. That, the, the fact that we have a hope and a future is only realized through Thank you. Oh man, you're on it now. That is excellent to know that changes life. Isn't that right? To know that changes life, changes our perspective of how we live day to day. Man, if we grasp that, uh, we are kingdom builders then. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your word that's before us. Lord, and thank you for the minds we have, for the eyes and the ability we have to read, study, to ask questions. Lord, we pray to be a people who are or just just aren't satisfied with little, little quotes and, and statements made here and there. We pray, Lord, that we're, we're doing the digging, uh, seeking. Uh, Lord, even Jesus said uh, for those who, who ask, seek, and knock, that, that answers are going to be given, the door is going to be open, and we're going to be able to find. Lord, it is a worthy pursuit to, to ask the question, Lord, what are your plans for us, and then to do Uh, to to be able to open your word and see what you have in mind for all humanity and even for us specifically as we pursue. God, you're good to us and we love you. We love you for your word. We love you for the hope we have that we don't deserve and the future that you've promised to us. And oh Lord, we praise you that you are a faithful God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.